This is Sunday Letters, the weekly newsletter on life, work and the pursuit of happiness. I'm Larry Maguire. Sunday Letters has been on the go since 2015 in written form and more recently in audio form. And you'll find no advertising here, no marketing, no round the corner attempts by third parties to sell you stuff you don't need and part you from your cash. Instead, this show is about content of a deeper nature. Stuff that keeps me up at night, stuff that I spend hours and days researching, writing, editing, recording, and all because I think it's worth sharing. I think it's worth your consideration. And if you enjoy the stuff that I do, if you like what I write and enjoy what I record, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. Costs a fiver a month or 50 a year, and you'll help me create more time to make stuff like this. Get over to Sunday Letters com to show your support for the show. So, here's this week's edition. Good day, friends. Welcome to Sunday Letters, 18th of April, 2021. It's Larry here. Hope you're well this weekend. This weekend, uh, I've had internet privacy protecting your movements online, my movements online, uh, on my mind. And um, it's important. And over the last probably 12 to 24 months, I began to realize how important it is. Not merely to prevent companies from delivering adverts, but adverts to your to your browser or to your inbox and stuff like that. But also the dangers associated with phishing tactics, uh, malware scripts running in browsers, uh, all kinds of stuff. And there, now, there are, are protective measures that the likes of Google and, and Microsoft and, and other web browser creators put in place for you and me. But in exchange for that, um, there's a compromise. And besides the compromise, these things that they install to protect you and me as users don't always work. I had a notice from Google recently that my passwords, uh, my password safe within the Chrome browser had been breached and prompted me to uh, change over 300 passwords. And I just kind of, that alone nearly, nearly floored me. Not on, not the fact that my information was breached or, or, or uh, compromised in some way, but that I had 300 passwords that I needed to change. <laughs> And I just thought to myself, this is nuts, you know, um, and it, it, I suppose it, you don't realize how exposed you are until you are, you know. So I was and I thought, right, I've got to do something about this. Um, first of all, my password uh, sequence was too simple uh, and I needed to modify it. So I, I, I taken that step. But I also thought, you know, I'm giving too much information um, to the likes of Google and I just trust them, you know, and that's a big risk because they just keep delivering you shit and delivering me shit that we don't want. They keep looking over our shoulder to what we're doing. They deliver adverts to our Gmail inboxes. And maybe that's OK. Maybe you feel all right with that. But I don't, you know, I don't uh, feel comfortable with it. So I decided, right, time for a change. I need to... um modify how I do things. I spend a lot of time online writing and sharing material online. And um, I've already 
expose my thoughts and ideas to a, a great extent uh, publicly. And that's all right. But there's a certain aspect to me that I want to keep private. And I don't like the idea of corporations taking the information that I give them unbeknownst to me and and compiling a profile of me and the group, uh, any group that I could conceivably belong to, and then um, selling that information without my knowledge or consent. Uh, and we're guilty, I suppose, users. We're guilty of trusting um these corporations too much. So I thought time for change. So I made some um, alterations. First thing I did was I moved from Gmail to ProtonMail. I had pretty much all my email accounts with Gmail. So I've left one business account with Gmail. Um, I have my college email, which is on the Google servers. There's nothing I could do about that. So um, I just put up with that. Uh, but my private email, which I used uh, pretty much for everything, I moved over. And also um, LarryGMcGuire.com email addresses, I moved them over as well. Um, because uh, I felt that I needed greater control. Right? I've explained all that. So it, it's it's a little bit tricky, a little bit technical to move from Gmail over to another email provider and that's what kind of prevents us from doing it but i think it's worth it so i've moved over to proton mail uh, proton mail is an application made by proton corporation or whoever they are uh, based in switzerland and th the company uh, was made by scientists and engineers at cern and uh, swiss privacy laws tend to be a little bit tighter from what i know than those in other jurisdictions like so the eu uh, Britain, the United States, etc. So it gives me confidence that um, my email is encrypted. There's no one at CERN reading my email. Now, maybe they're reading it in other ways. Maybe they're using bots to read it or AI. But it seems to me that having done the little bit of research, that they're a better option for me. And besides, uh, what you call him, uh, Mr. Robot, if you've ever seen that show on Netflix. It's on Nef is it on Netflix? No, it's on um, Amazon Prime. Uh, he uses Proton Mail, so if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. I'd urge you to 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 if you're concerned about your privacy, to move your email accounts from Gmail to Proton Mail. That's what I've done anyway. Uh, it's a bit tricky. And today in Sunday Letters, I've outlined a little bit about uh, what I feel about internet privacy and why I moved to Proton Mail. Another move that I made was uh, from Chrome to Brave browser. So the Chrome browser. I've used for years. All my bookmarks are in, were in Chrome. All my passwords were in Chrome. I heard about Brave Browser from uh, from a, con a connection on LinkedIn, and I decided, right, I'll make the move here. So I checked it out, and although they're a corporation in of themselves and they have to make money too, um, and it's not completely secure, I suppose, or completely anonymous, they have different means business. They have a different business model to. Chrome and in fact the Brave browser is built on open source Chrome software so it has many of the features that Chrome has although they strip out uh, uh, scripts and all other kinds of stuff that corporations and uh, browser extensions use to track your movements online so that's all gone uh, and you can access sites without uh, 
being watched, you know, every single minute of the day. Uh, they also deliver ads, but it's in a different format. I, I felt I was better off moving to Brave. It felt more secure than Chrome itself. Uh, and if you're if you're concerned like me about scripts running in the background and advertisers chasing you all over the internet, well, then maybe the likes of Bra- uh, Brave Browser is something you want to consider. We'll talk a little bit about that. Not a whole pile. A few links in there to take you to further information uh, if you want to read it. Now, if you don't want to move from Chrome to Brave, um, you can install Adblock. It's a it's a little extension that you can download from the Chrome store and install that. And Adblock then basically does something similar. It strips out all the, the scripts and uh, adverts that run on websites. Uh, now, there is a downside to that because if you go to the likes of the big um, uh, media corporations, the likes of, I don't know, a fast company or or you're reading an article on uh, American Scientific or whatever, sometimes they uh, generate a pop-up and say you can only access this if you turn off Adblock. So you have to kind of work around it and teach Adblock what sites you want to access and what, what sites you don't, what sites you want the application to block, I should say, and what sites you don't. Uh, three little measures that I've used recently to um, protect the information, my information and my activity online from people who want to use it to uh, for their for their own profit essentially um now there's also issues with your mobile device google maps for example and using you know the multitude of apps you have on your phone your data is being collected there uh, and there are ways and means to prevent that but I'm not going to get into that today but essentially what 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 drove this was that um between all these apps I use both desktop and mobile just give, I was just giving away my information for free, and I just felt, you know what, that's this is horseshit. I'm gonna have to do something about it. So there's three little things that I've done. Maybe you want to apply them too, uh, and see how you get on. Incidentally, uh, ad block blocks YouTube ads, Facebook ads. If you use Twitch, if you're a gamer, it blocks ads there too, uh, and various other various other sites. Uh, in other news today, I've added a new domain for Sunday Letters. You won't notice much different, much difference. The, the only thing you will notice is in your browser window up the very top where you type, you know, a Google search or you type the URL of a, of a website, you'll see that it's changed from Substack to LarryGMcGuire.com. It's the same basic uh, website layout and all the features that we've had up to now with Substack are still there because essentially Substack is serving uh, the content, but the domain that... Uh, it's pointed towards is my own so i suppose useless bit of information you won't you won't really feel any effects of that uh, that little change but it means that the brand is the same so instead of sundayletters.substack.com it's sundayletters.larrygmaguire.com anyway useless useless bit of information maybe but uh, just a little change that'd be made uh, in other news um i've been writing recently on leadership and in particular ethical leadership um i don't really like to label myself uh, very much if you ask me what i am i struggle generally to give you an answer in terms of my philosophy or whatever but recently i've kind of aligned myself with this idea of being a humanist socialist or having humanist socialist views and that's been influenced in large part by material from Eric Fromm that I've read. He's a psychotherapist, social scientist, uh, passed away around the 1980s or whatever. 
but um, pretty compelling views on, uh, you know, the the character of human beings, the social character, and what it is that motivates human beings to behave, perform, um, play out in the world, or whatever. So, uh, when taking his ideas as a kind of a foundation for what I'm doing and the material that I'm reading and researching, um, I've I've used it to steer me towards kind of a more ethical view of leadership in this case, uh, leadership in work, leadership in politics, leadership in in social activity, whatever happens to be. And I've been writing on that. The publication I've been writing on is called The Lead, uh, Essays on the Art of Ethical Leadership. If you want to read some of that stuff, I've about four or five uh, articles um, available there for you to read. There's a link in today's Sunday Letters. and in particular today, I wrote it yesterday. Uh, the article is based on a conversation I had with my dad about work and about managing people and, and relating with people on the ground and how the contrast, and I believe it still exists. This was during the 70s and 80s for him, but I, I think it's still prominent. The contrast between uh, those who manage and those who carry out the work, you know, in a hierarchical organizational structure where you have a boss, you have bosses uh, under the boss, and they basically tell the workers what to do. It's a, in the construction game, which is where he worked and where I worked, still work to a degree, it's it's very adversarial. Uh, the relationships are adversarial. And even though people pretend to be looking out for one another and care for the health and well-being, that's really not what it's about. It's about workers doing the work on time and doing what they're told and doing it well enough uh, and cracking the whip. Managers crack the whip. And there's this relationship, dichotomous relationship, and people are almost subjected to this. It's it's almost abuse. And they willingly come in and they subjugate themselves to managers and uh, leaders and organizations. And they basic, they are basically afraid. You do what you're told. Now, some don't always do that and they get sacked or there might be a little bit of animosity in the workplace or whatever but mostly that animosity exists under this kind of tin veil where everyone pretends to get on and even the managers from different corporations and organizations who are working together to get a project done they are at odds with one another they're always watching their own back and protecting themselves against exposure mistakes will be made uh, and you better not be the one at the front when the mistake is made because, you know, your head is on the block. And really, um, my experience of large workplaces where there's a you know complex dynamic of people, the workers on the ground, managers in the middle, and then the big bosses on the top, is it certainly in the construction game, it's a real conflict going on. And myself, my dad got talking about this the other day, and he shared with me... Um, some of his experience and what he found to exist uh, and how it's com- you know completely flawed how we operate. And I don't believe this is just the, the construction industry. I think it extends to all areas where people work. You know, the contemporary workplace is essentially, to me, an adversarial uh, situation where workers come in, they have to do what they're told. They might have some degree of freedom, but really they have to produce the goods and that's what you're there for. And when the day arrives that you're no longer needed, or maybe there's a machine or some piece of other technology that can do that for 
for the leaders of the organization, the owners of the organization, well, then the person is let go and they have to go find some new work. Um, and this is something I've been writing about for a while. It's something that you're familiar with in the things that I've been writing here on Sunday Letters, but I've extended that now to uh, thoughts on leadership itself. So have a gander at that. There's a link in today's Sunday Letters uh, where you can read it. So that's about all I've got for you this week. Um, uh, usual, the usual short little narrative accompanying the uh, the, the weekly um, issue. I'd urge you, if you're so inclined, to get over to the article and post a comment or like the comment here on uh, Substack. Uh, I'd appreciate that a lot. Uh, let me know your thoughts on the things that I write about. Maybe in today's Sunday letters, I'm writing about internet privacy and protection. What are you doing to protect yourself? Um, and uh, be happy to get a conversation going. So, And if indeed you enjoy the material that I write, that I record, for Sunday Letters, consider becoming a paid subscriber. It costs about five quid a month. You can get it for 50 a year. Uh, and also there's an occasional offer goes out there with about 20% uh, discount. In fact, there is a 20% discount at the moment um, for the rest of April. And uh, you should jump on that. In fact, I'll include a, a wee link in today's uh, issue for you to grab that. Four quid a month, 40 quid a year. That's a bargain, you know. Anyway, thanks for listening in this Sunday. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll be back on Wednesday with the Nomic. Look out for that. And uh, I'll talk to you then. All right. Take care. Look after yourselves.